You are now listening to Bet Your Ash with Cornelius and McGee. Bet Your Ash. Cornelius is not here. He is off being a responsible parent. Sucker. But I got Timmy Nebraska in the building. <laughs> That's Timmy. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. And we always start in the same place. What are we smoking today? I'm smoking a, a La Roma de Cuba. Uh, Maduro. It's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Rosado. It's uh, delicious. Dude. I love it. But we're really here. We're really here to talk about whether or not you heard back from Arizona about the head coaching job. I got no responses back. Not, not, not nothing. Not like you're not qualified. Not like, oh, piss off. Not nothing even at like all. we received your application. Just, we'll, I think you're just like, that's, that goes in the, that goes in the <laughs> trash file. And they're like, that's spam. <laughs> like, we're not doing this. I love that you said some of your, your basketball. <laughs> I just, your, your video game record. I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, did I ever tell you this story about how I'm blocked from the Sacramento Kings? On you Twitter. Got, you got blocked by the Kings? For years, I've been blocked. You still are to this day? I still am, yeah. Why are you blocked by the Kings? When they fired George Carl. I remember. I put a Twitter application to the Kings up that was uh, like my NBA 2K record and like how that I could probably get Boogie Cousins and Rajon Rondo to get along well. Right, Because right, right. they were like beefing hard. For Which was bit. weird. Now they're like friends and shit Yeah, again. they went to Kentucky together, dude. Yeah. Were they there at the same time? Did they not, overlap? I, I'm pretty sure they're at the same time. I think But they, they were did. beefing hard at that time frame. Actually, Boogie might be a little younger because I think Boogie was there at the same time as John Wall and that was after Rajon Maybe, Rondo. yeah. But they were beefing hard for some reason huh. at that time frame in the NBA, I right? Wonder. So I was like, I'll get those guys along. It'll be me and Rajon and Boogie. We'll just go hang out and like smoke some blunts and kick it. We'll talk about the problems out. We'll get we'll get just stone once. We'll all get on the same we'll page. We'll figure it all yeah. out. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get on the same page, man. Yeah. And then an okay squad then. And Boogie was like the man then. Like Boogie was like MVP candidate, the man then. And I mentioned about how um, I could be as crazy as Phil Jackson with the whole Zen Master thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zen Master thing. Like, I was like, you know. If you cut a hole in the nets, you actually make less holes. I just started making like weird philosophical comments that were that were hilarious. And then I was the one that I think the one that set him over the edge was I put, you know what? Unlike George Carl, I wouldn't stop teaching defense when Gary Payton retired. And then I got blocked. <laughs> that was it. That's all it That's it. Thin skin the king. Because for for the Real Nuggets, when when Carl was here, it yeah. was like just it was D never yeah, <laughs> instead yeah. of Denver. Yeah, yeah. It was great. And um, it was fun to watch. It was for fun sure. to watch, man. It but was then, the, the precursor for the D'Antoni system. The, yeah, what it you're was. seeing in Brooklyn now, what you saw in Houston, what you used to see in Phoenix with Amari the Stoudemire old school, and, the old school, uh, and, uh, uh, and Steve Nash, who is now the coach of the of the Nets. But it the old school sense. Houston college team was yeah. like that too. Yeah, exactly. Like it was like that's where it all started, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was and, the precursor and, to what's going on today. But Carl was like in 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 Seattle. He was like the defensive guy. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. They played tons of defense yeah. at the time. And then after that, he just didn't teach defense ever again. So I made the joke about how when Gary Payton retired, George Carl stopped like coaching defense. Right. And then I got blocked. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to hear. <laughs> I'm anymore. still blocked. Your your wise ass remarks are un- yeah. It was too much. It, yeah. They're soft. The, key, <laughs> the keys are soft. The keys are soft. Uh, you're seeing it. You're seeing it on the courts of this day. You know it's what sucks. You know what sucks though <laughs> is that I really like the Kings because I like the Aaron Fox a lot. Oh, the present day. Yeah, kings. the present day Kings. I used kings. to like the the classic Kings with with Weber and Divock and Bibby and my and guy Doug Bobby Christie Jackson and Bobby Jackson. Like they and they got screwed by the refs. Obviously, that's always what everybody goes to when you start talking about the Kings. I get it. You know but that Bobby it was Jackson. Just the worst. He know Turkoglu and, and, and Stoyakovic. Peja, like, man. Oh, Peja yeah. was my dude the, then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Man. That was a great so spot. So Bobby Jackson uh, went to school went to school at Minnesota for his like his junior and senior year. But before that, he was a, Ju- was a JUCO transfer. He went to school at WNCC. is Western Nebraska Community College is where I played my like conference tournaments at when I was in high school. Oh, wow. So he's like an hour of my hometown in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Speaking so of- So B-Jack is my dude. Speaking of Western Nebraska, my barber is from Nebraska. He's an older gentleman, right? 
By older, I'm saying like Neil's age, not like senior. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But he's older than me, right? The guy swears that he can beat me in a race. Okay. But I'm worried I'm going to have a heart attack if I do this. I don't know why that, that you've mentioned Nebraska. He's he, Nebraskans are weird. People. I need to meet him sometime. You Same gotta time. you gotta, gotta come, come out to the clip joint in in uh, in Aurora. Uh, they got a great little humidor in there. Uh, we have we have good times in there. Uh, pool table and nice. you know you get your haircut. You got the little ashtray and the armrest. You enjoy your cigar while he's keeping you clean. It's, uh, it's a nice experience. But I, the guy's crazy. I mean, the guy's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I I'm, can't believe he thinks he can beat me in a race. He has less hair than me. Like, he's older, you know? And I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'll to, I'll, I, maybe I can set some odds. I, I need to meet him first. I, I'll set odds. Set some odds? There set we go. Odds. I can't remember the last time I, like, max, I, you know what I mean? Like, I ran. Out. Like, I like ran, really ran, ran, ran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, weird thing for Nebraska. Viral national news this week. What's going uh, on? In Nebraska, at this park in Lincoln. I believe it was in Lincoln. They had the Battle of the Joshes. Did you hear about this at all? No. So they had this giant group of people, all named Josh, and take like pool noodles and fight. I, did, I, I heard a casual mention. Yep. Four-year-old Josh something yeah. won the fight. Man. Yes. <laughs> so it's just a cool story. Kid, I was hilarious. That this kid has a bright future. Yeah, yeah. See, Arizona, they have like a crown like, and shit. Arizona the Battle of the will take him seriously when his application they arrives. They probably will be like, well. Like, king my of resume all Josh's. Yeah, my resume says king of all Josh's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that moniker no, that's great. yet. See, when you when you listen to Timmy Nebraska, when you, when you talk to Timmy Nebraska and you listen to the Nebraska Hour, you get to learn all kinds of Just Nebraska the randomest shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the randomest shit, really. It's funny when I hang out with you and him and pretty much everybody I know from Nebraska, if something comes up in conversation or if some person comes up in conversation that has any random connection in Nebraska, boom, you guys are right there. You like, know, pow. <laughs> like, you know, man. So, Kool-Aid, that's from Nebraska. So I, like, thought about, I thought about this a long time ago, too, because like like you and Jimmy Try and like a lot of my friends from the East Coast, and you guys have more loyal, loyalty to a city or an area. Well, speaking of Jimmy Try, I, I spoke with him a minute ago about the Kentucky Derby. And we'll we'll pop that in in a minute. We'll pop Hell that yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. He has he has the winners. But go ahead. But one of the things about I mean, from the East Coast, it's so densely populated that you guys have more of a loyalty or a pridefulness for like your area or your city or like even down to like just your like like blocks and stuff like that of where oh, yeah. you grew up. You know. And there's some rivalry. Like usually, like cats from D.C. and cats from Baltimore, we get along. But there's like a friendly rivalry. But once we are elsewhere, like when. Jimmy Travis and I ended up both then out here in Denver. Get, yeah. Then it was like us against the world. Yeah, know? yeah. But, but when, so, when but, so that's there, kind of the thing about Nebraska, though, is like, so this, I mean, there's not a lot of people in the state, right? And like, there's not a lot of attention. Nebraska is very widely considered a flyover state, I would assume, by, let's be honest, just everyone. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of weird connections to like people that are famous, um, just like nationally or worldwide famous in Nebraska that are kind of strange. Right, like even Malcolm X from Omaha, you know, like I knew that actually, like that kind of stuff is like nobody I'd would forgotten that, but, but nobody would think about those kind of things that like that's like a kind of a, a obscure kind of reference. Yeah. So Nebraska as a, as a state has a pride like that. Yeah. Um, because it's so it's so uh, it's so undensely populated, but like I don't see the same thing from people from Kansas and other other states no. in the Midwest necessarily. Huh. It's just a weird thing. There's like. So above the football stadium in Nebraska, there's every above every gateway. It says the greatest fans in college football. Yeah, and which is, we and, all know is ridiculous because those are the fans of the great you know university, you know Florida State. The the flag that's hanging right behind you. Well, State I mean, university. I get you, but like Nebraska sold out how many games in a row? Three hundred seventy whatever games in a row. All this it. stuff, you know. I get it. And also, so when I went to the game with uh, when I was on the field with Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union. Uh, we played BYU, and BYU beat us in the Hail Mary. And after she's the game— She's from Nebraska? She's from Omaha, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's why she's a huge Husker fan. Shout out to Gabby. She's she's awesome. <laughs> she is so cool. It was great to spend, like, the a few quarters of the game with them on the field level. I feel like everybody has what whatever they identify with. Like, I get it from my dad. When, when something comes up that's even casually related to Armenia, he's like, oh— 
Yeah, see, there's like, like there's like some pride heritage even there. Even if a it's bit. not an Armenian last name, he he somehow knows that like a oh reference. his mom his mom was Armenian yeah, or see. they they changed it at uh, you know yeah see that like, and that's cool here you know so um one of the so the thing <laughs> is is like uh so BYU after they beat us in Hail Mary I went to the bars and stuff and I was hanging out. And like tons of Nebraska fans made like Mormon jokes and shit like that. And yeah. the BYU fans were like really just, it, it wasn't like mean at all. It was just like a, a friendly kind of banter and yeah. jokes and stuff. BYU's, Mormons take it well. They're like Canadians. Yeah. They take the jokes so well. So BYU's yeah. alumni wrote a letter to the Nebraska, um, the student paper and the Nebraska, like the Lincoln Journal Star to thank, to thank, to, uh, excuse me, to uh. thank us. Um, about how great our fans were after, after they beat us in Hail Mary and that's stuff. That's great. It was super cool. And that happens a lot, it seems like. Um, the only fans that um, are like assholes in Nebraska are like CU fans. Like because CU, that's the rivalry. But, well, they think so. Uh, the, the Boulder fans. Like the Boulder so, fans, right. overall record is like 90, 92 and 41 or something like that. Nebraska's beat Boulder a million times. Like over double percentage, you know? So like Nebraska doesn't see that as a rivalry necessarily. Right. Um, but they're like dicks to us. Like they threw four uh, frozen oranges um, because Nebraska was going to the Orange Bowl instead of them one year. That sounds in, like, the nine, Yeah, it was like in the 90s. It was I wasn't there. I was too young for that. Yeah, but I've seen the videos and stuff. Um, you they were, were throwing, too young to go to games in the 90s. Well, what like year were you born? I'm too young to remember like the what, early 90s. Wait a minute, like, what year were you born? 85. Jeez. But like, um, I remember going in, like, in 92. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I wasn't old enough to like be in the like, the reckless and part of it, you it know, where I was like that was happening. Like it was your your family were all were all Huskers fans. You Yo, were born yeah, yeah. If you're in Nebraska, if you're born in Nebraska, Nebraska, you're like it's like bred into you. You yeah. have to be a Husker fan, you know. Yeah. It was weird that I there's not a Nebraska and a Nebraska state. Yeah, there's or not. Like, you know, it's well, just there's the Nebraska and Creighton right, for basketball. Right. right. Um, but, but they don't have a football team. It's all, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was always weird for me to be a Florida State fan, also because I loved I love Charlie Ward. Yeah, Charlie. I loved Tamaric Vanover. Um, that was like 1992. See, I, I remember. I remember. My brother got me into it because he was he went down to Florida State while Charlie Ward was still there. When he finished high school, and I got sucked in right away. Like when I was, so I was a couple years behind him. So when I, when I was seven, I taped. We, we were doing something as a family. I taped the Florida State Florida game on ABC with Keith with Keith Jackson calling it, and Florida State won thirty five seven, I think. And Tameric Vanover was just a star, and he was the fastest man on the planet, pretty much. And he had a deep ball and a kick return, and it was awesome. But I have yeah. I I taped it on VHS. People don't know what VHS is. It's yeah. The kids today yeah. don't even I understand. had to watch it later. Yeah, yeah. You had to rewatch <laughs> it whenever you want, but you had to remember to rewind the tape after yeah, the yeah. end so that you didn't have to when you put it and in. Then, um, <laughs> and then uh, the next year, Nebraska played Florida State in the Orange Bowl, and Nebraska missed the field goal and lost Florida State 16-14. And, like, I was didn't know who I wanted to win because I was like, man, Tamaric Vanover and Charlie Ward, these are kind of my guys You're also, torn. you know? Yeah. But, so I've been a— so when I met you, I was like, man, I, Florida State's like my second, my second love. Kind the of, only a reason bit. I was nice to you yeah. when we first met. It makes sense, man. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> but there is a weird like, like uh, camaraderie with just the state, and because there's not like areas and stuff, right? Or multiple schools there to identify yeah. with, you know? Because there's a lot of even in the Midwest, you know, Iowa has the two schools. Yeah, Kansas yeah. has the two schools. So like, there's not like a unified thing like. You would see in 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 Nebraska. Like if I see a car broken down on the highway here that has Nebraska plates, I'm much more likely to turn around. Oh yeah, I I don't care where they're from. I'm I'm more likely I'll turn around. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And like no, it's I not the same. In Florida like, State and, and you know on the side of the road in Florida, especially I'll pull over. But not just but if I see but not just with the, the Florida Gators thing, I'm not pulling. I'm not but not just the school though, just the state plates. I'll I'll turn around. Come get them. Yeah, yeah yeah. It's just a weird thing like the density of population. And most of my friends are from the East Coast. Like almost, almost all my friends are from the East Coast that I've met. Well, here. everybody in Denver is from somewhere else. Well, yeah, but most of my friends that I've met it's here so are from the East Coast. Like yeah. all you guys are from the East Coast, pretty much. Word. All right. Well, speaking of the East Coast and speaking of Jimmy Tries, let's put in that. Let's let's listen to that uh, conversation now because I had to go get another drink real quick, and yeah. then we'll come back in a minute in a bit and talk and a do football. NFL draft. Talk a little football, yeah. Jimmy tries. What's up, my brother? Dude, it, it, one thing, and I know I said this last time to you and your man, you know, Neilis, and I'm just going to be honest. I just thank you because I've been coming up, and you guys are so gracious. I've been coming up short. I've been coming up two for three. 
Like, I'm becoming a, just one short of the trifecta. And you both have... Just means, it just means we're due. It means we're due. It means, you know what? I'm, I'm excited. Like, here we go. We got the cameras on. I don't know if folks can't see it. I know they can't see it. No, 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 no. We're not recording the video, just the audio. <laughs> but we have the cameras on, and my energy is through the roof right now because I, I like know I have it. great picks. Well, before we get into the horses, before we get into the derby this weekend, because it's a big weekend, baby, Kentucky Derby, but Atlanta is like, uh, that's where you're at. Atlanta's like bubbling right now in the sports gambling community because like the Hawks are looking good. It looks like they might get into the playoffs and steal around maybe from somebody. Here we go. I truly appreciate the fact that you allowed me to talk about more than just horse racing. Um, you, as you know, I'm aficionado of sports and what I love is how the Atlanta sports market is just booming, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball. Um, yeah, baseball, the Braves are great. That's what I was about to say. Like things are looking great here and what, and what most folks don't know, and this is one thing, you know, being from the DMV area, um, is that everything is centralized. So Truist Park is very close to where all the other sports happen. State Farm Arena, not far from, about yeah. 20 minutes from there. So there's a huge, there's a vibrant energy. And I mean that. It's not to be too, um, too, 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 to exaggerate the situation. But there's a That's what Denver's done too, where it's all next to each other. That's what I'm trying to say. There's a vibrant energy in Atlanta that I absolutely love right now. And yeah. I'm getting Plus – the draft is this weekend, and I really like this Justin Fields guy out of Ohio State, and he's from Atlanta, but it seems like they're not going to get a quarterback. They're gonna, I, they're probably going to – I think they'll probably pick the, the tight end from Florida, Pitts or whatever his name is. Here's the thing. I think your boy – and this might be, this might be cross-pollinating because I haven't spoken to him, but I think your boy is pretty high on the gentleman who you just referenced, uh, Justin Fields, because a variety of reasons. I like him. I love the kid. I like him. I love the kid. But let's talk about what just happened with the fact that he was at Georgia, was starting for Georgia, and they got passed up for two kids who absolutely suck. Absolute bad suck. And who knows what the decision process what went into the decision process on the UGA side but it seems to have worked out for Justin Fields because he got the chance to go to Ohio State and play in the in the playoffs and stuff and Georgia never makes it I don't know if this is like something I shouldn't say but I almost got the family at uh, as a part of my school almost got the family (laughs) as a part of my school I don't know if it's going to go down but I love the I love the Shout out. He's, I think he has a bright future. I think he's going to do really well. I think people are sleeping on him. I think he's one of the, you know, you figure three out of the five quarterbacks well, are going to have a career. What's funny about that, what's ironic, I shouldn't say funny about that, is that people are talking about, I saw something on the post about get rid of Lamar. You know I'm a Baltimore fan. I don't know if you're, you're people. Get rid of Lamar and get Justin Fields. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you Crazy talk. kidding me? Why would we do that? But Justin Fields is a complete crazy beast. I love the youngster. He he reminds me of Lamar. That's what I should say. That's what I'm going at. He reminds me of a of a young Cam Newton. He's a big boy. Well, six, four, big boy. Three. I like a six four two. Three. I like a tight end playing quarterback. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah, but he can't All take right. the hits. Hey, McGee, he can't take the hits. Don't don't get to us. You don't think he's going to bulk up over the next two, three years? That's what you do when you get to the league. You're like, oh, my God, these guys are huge, and you put on some extra weight. There's some of us that put on the weight. There's some of us who just love the lifestyle. (laughs) All right. Heard. Heard. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's let's talk about the horses, man. I am just, you know, getting ready for this, this conversation with you. I pulled up. Put up the odds, put up the pole positions, and holy shit, there's 20 horses. Dude, I said the same thing. I was like, oh my God, the the, the field is so big. This is it doesn't it make it it's it's gotta make it 
more of a crapshoot when you have this many horses, right? It's it, yeah. So what you, it's kind of kind of balance the field. Yeah. So what you're relying on, and it's some of the things I talked to you guys about before previously. So what you're relying on is like, okay, how many past races on dirt or on you know whatever surface, but for here's dirt. Uh, what, what, how many surfaces have you raced on successfully? Who's your trainer? Does your trainer have past success? Not only at the Derby, but does your, does your trainer have past success at this length? Does your rider have past success at this length? So, and, and, and like I said before, and I think I've proven true with your audience, a part of it relies on pole position very much like a track and field athlete, as I've talked about things before. So if I'm going to run down my bets, even though you didn't ask just, just so yet, like literally why I'm on the Zoom call with you. Oh, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> I thought we were just <laughs> I love you, dude. <laughs> let, me, let me make sure I have everything uh, up to speed. Okay. So Medina Spirit. I really love Medina Spirit because it's a Baffert horse. I've told you about a trainer. I've told you about a rider, right? Yeah. Right? And right in the middle. Right? It's in the eight spot. And one thing I know as a track and field athlete, if you put me in the middle slot, that means I'm the fastest horse in the race. Right? Okay. And Medina Spirit's coming in at a 15 to 1. How come? Wait. How come that's a benefit and not a negative? I would think that the 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 they bunch up a little. So here we go. 100% true. But if you're used to fighting from the middle, if you're used to being a fast athlete, truly, you're used to getting out, right? Your get out is what it's all about. And then you're used to people chasing you. So if you're used to that race, which this horse is used to, which has been a Madonna, the majority of this horse's races, as they have gotten out faster than others, and they're used to hearing the hooves behind them, that's something that keeps you going, my brother. That's something nice. that keeps you going. That's something that doesn't deter you. The other part to this is that when you collapse the field, right? When If you're out in front, as you hear the field collapse behind you, there's certain people that keep you pushing. Don't think, and this is a funny thing, don't think that horses aren't similar to humans, that I don't smell the breed of horse that's next to me like I haven't raced, raced with you before. So here we go. I talked about Medina Spirit. Yeah. Right? Let's go Hot Rod Charlie. Hot Rod Charlie. I'm seeing it at 8 to 1, and it's right next to Medina Spirit in the 9 spot. Is trained by Doug O'Neill. Edward Clark is the train, is, is the rider. We okay. talked about this camp before. We talked about them in our last race as they raced on grass with another horse that took second in a race that I knew daggone well. They should have <laughs> taken first in. So I'm going to tell you right now, Hot Rod Charlie's coming second, okay? Hot Rod Charlie. Hot Rod Charlie. Dude, I'm so good at and like here's, here's And there's no concern. There's no concern with them being in right next to each other in the eight and the nine spot. No, because it's about the battle and the fight. That's what people don't understand. When it comes to, uh, I was getting ready to say debutantes, but that's people who prance around. When it comes to thoroughbreds like these horses, colts, that's this breed. When it comes to colts, they're used to rubbing shoulders with one another. That's what makes the fight so much better. That's what makes the race better. Okay. Right? Okay, my last one. My last Yeah, what's dynamic one. Ortiz horse. This Ortiz horse, and I've told you before, Ortiz is a jockey that is out of this world. He raced the horse that finished first in the last race that I told you about. Yeah. He's at 20 to 1. And he's in the 11 spot. So, like, they're all right. Everything you like is right in the middle. Right in the middle, brother. It's going to be a dogfight. And it's a clean track. It's good weather. Remember I talked about weather in our last race. There is no yeah. weather in this race. Everybody who gets out, it's a strong start. It's about everybody's start. As I remember Usain Bolt at pin relays. And I have, sweet Jesus. 
I know that you <laughs> show me the office. I know your fans can't see this, but this is what I got from Usain Bolt, his autograph right there, right? Usain <laughs> Bolt, right? In 19, no, 2006 pin relays. Come on now, brother. I know the office of it. The office of the new the new crib looks really nice. I wish I could show you the rest of the house because we do. I can't wait. I'll, I'll come see. You. I'll come visit soon. Um, what about is there is there a long shot? I should keep. I mean, because you know, dynamic one's twenty to one. That's a that's a good that's a good payoff. But is there anybody from way in the back nobody's expecting? I should keep an eye out for. No. I didn't want to give this up, but I feel weird not mentioning this horse. Helium. He should be light on his hooves. Helium. So I want light guys, on his hooves. I want you guys to pay attention to Helium. Floating down the floating down the track. Yeah. <laughs> the, I'm trying. The puns and the analogies are endless, my friend. But what I need you to know is this, that helium could be a gas that allows, what? A gas that allows for a push at the end. Come on. I love you, dude. I fucking love you. When I look at this, because there's there's 20 horses, and I don't know shit about horse racing other than like, damn, that horse looks fast, right? I'm looking at these names and these odds. And when I think about the Kentucky Derby, I think about one thing other than horses. Bourbon. Come on. There are two horses with bourbon references in the name. So, I mean, aren't I, like, obligated to do some sort of exacta box with the with Midnight Bourbon in the 10 spot and Bourbonic in the 20 spot? And, like... <laughs> It wouldn't do you any harm. Midnight Bourbon is a good racer, right? Especially on grass. Hasn't done well on dirt, but a good on grass. So go Midnight Bourbon if I say anything. But here's the thing. The three that I gave you, and this is the problem that, okay, I'm going to own it. Jimmy Try might not always come up with the try, but I come up with the deuces, I come up with the ones, I come up with the favorites. I, yeah. I, I make you money. So here's, you got to bet all of them. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. bet all of them. And if you're going yeah. for Midnight Bourbon, I put Midnight Bourbon in the fourth slot. Way to go, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And here's the thing. I just, you know, I like, I like a bourbon reference I, uh, when you're racing in Kentucky. It just makes sense to me. And here's the thing. Hats on Derby Day are not just for women. I'm going to get so hammered that I want to make my own hat. <laughs> oh man i fucking love you i wish we were going this year we gotta go next year yeah bro i really miss you as well and here we go like here's the thing i really think i'm gonna make money for your viewers and for yourself and for myself um i really think i have these bets down and it's become a, not only a science but a passion I think folks need yeah. to continue to listen because I haven't done y'all wrong. If anything, I've gone two out of three. I haven't, you know, hit the three, but I've gone two out of three every time I've talked. So hopefully you're listening, well, paying attention. I'm going to be in Miami this weekend because uh, my homie, Rude Boy Sven, got a little little shindig that he, he's invited me down to. So I will be down there. I will likely have a cigar in my hand. I will be watching these on the on the. Uh, on the television and uh, rooting for all the horses to come in and pay for the trip. <laughs> so. Let's do it. I got my fedora. I got my. I got my fedora. I got my cigar. Let's go. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it every time. We'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon, bro. We're back. The homie likes the middle rows. The Just middle rows. He likes all the middle lanes. <laughs> He's been doing really, really well, man. Like, like I'm impressed with how good, how well he's done. Once, I, he's, once just, he moved to Louisville, he got really sucked in. And yeah, he really he, enjoys uh, it. He's jamming. Yeah, it's I great. dig it a lot, man. I really do. Yo, so I was thinking, why don't we save the draft for the Nebraska Hour? Because it's going to be you and I on the Nebraska Hour this week, also. Okay. And before we started recording, you brought up 
a question about whether or not teams should have their star player as part of their specifically their yeah. quarterback though. Okay, but you started you started with LeBron James. Well, I mean, because he gets bashed for like creating this super team and the, he's the GM and stuff, right? People like down like talk down on him about how he run he how he ran the Heat, how he ran the the Cavs. Yeah, the and GM now, of the year jokes. Yeah, like and like I I'm not a a big LeBron fan. He's a, as a basketball player, I'm a fan of LeBron as a human. He's awesome, but um, I just. LeBron always beats my squad, and I, <laughs> my other than the Nuggets, I the Celtics, and LeBron was always there to beat the Celtics. Also, yeah, I was. I mean, like, like KG, so I, yeah, I, I right? like that that Celtics. So team, I was like, but, shit, yeah. I was a Celtics fan because my dad, Larry Bird, and shit. But also, I've been a Nuggets fan from Mahmoud Abdul Raouf is my guy, right? Or Chris Jackson before the name change, and yeah. and he got blackballed from the NBA. Also, that's a whole different topic, though. Yeah, he's like the first cap kind of. Still nasty in the big three. Nasty. He's the he's the beginning <laughs> of he's the beginning of Steph Curry kind of. Yeah. That he can just shoot from anywhere. Yeah. Like he's the first guy that You're right. you, let, you let him shoot 13 threes a game, man, he's gonna crush him. You're right. Um, but because of that conversation with, about LeBron years ago, still now. Yeah. Um if you trust your star quarterback, veteran specifically, yeah, because under like, you don't want your like right. your like two year guy necessarily making decisions yet, you right. know. Right. But your veteran quarterback that has like credibility, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Peyton Manning, Russell like, Wilson, Russ Wilson, just going through this. Um, you know? People bash on them players because they want to. They want certain guys in free agency, all this stuff. I think that if I was a GM, I would want them in my draft room, my green room with me, to be like, yo, who who fits with you? Right. Who do you like? And like have them watch tape, have them help scout, have them involved in the whole process because like that pick's gonna impact them a lot. So, Not just them on the field, but then money also. Right. Everybody's money. Yeah. And like I want the guy that's like the proven leader and like the guy that I trust in the field on the offense, and maybe do a defensive guy also. You like, certainly want their input. You certainly want their view. And I imagine that even not in the room, you're you're at least talking. I you gotta talk to your star player. I just want, I just think we should get make, their make it more prominent to have like the defensive leader and the offensive leader like in your green room, well, in your scouting process to be like, yo, who do we think? It, right? You gotta look at it from both perspectives. First off, yes, the star athlete should be exerting any influence they might have and like pulling whatever um I don't want to use the word stunt, but using whatever leverage they they can to improve their situation and in whatever way they feel is best. So I don't like fault like LeBron James always doing the 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 one plus one contract so that the Cavs always had to bring in whatever free agent was available. Like they it, always had it, to try to my get first better. reference because right. then he I has get, pull all the time. I get all that. I get all that, but. There has to be a line where the t- that the team draws where, yes, we get your influence and we get your input and we're more than comfortable working with your agent, you know, on things, but bringing them actually in, it might be in violation of, see, of certain... See, that's, that's kind of my like, point, You can't though. have two jobs at the same time. That's kind of my point, though, is like, it's not for every team. It's, it's for your... If you have a GM that you have a veteran quarterback that's like very proven leadership wise, Aaron Rod, just like I mean the Hall of Fame type quarterbacks, right? I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Brady. I want them guys. I want those. If I was a GM, I would I would want them to be involved in the viewing process, like like videotape, but I'm scouting sure that's process. Happening in Tampa right now. I, I yeah, that's kind of my point. Also, so is Aaron like, Rodgers should have the same. And influence. like I get it. I, I don't think it should be like a, a tucked away hidden thing. I think this should be open. They're like, man, these guys are in the room with us. And like, let's it's, just remember it, makes it doesn't it, always work. It also, I know I, it's a oh, small, for sure. I know it's a small sample size, but the Cavs were, no. the Cavs had to deal with that Tristan Thompson contract for I mean, a lot yeah. of years. All right. So it doesn't always work. Still. Okay. It doesn't always work. Shabazz Napier, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like, like a lot but, of people take advantage also, of the situation. But you can't, I mean, but I would so, so you mentioned a couple of those instances. But we can also bring up tons of instances where the GMs failed. What's the, what percent of differences? Right. You well, know, like it's, it, it's not. It, I, there's no. There's not like an argument against that. At I all. would argue that Tom Brady has been successful in convincing Antonio Brown to be added to his teams. Like I, I like I, 
like that hasn't necessarily not worked on the field, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, um, might, you, know, I guess, you probably should I mean, have tweeted some shit about the, the percentage owner, of the GMs failing isn't is is as high or worse than a player picking a guy. Because like, what do you you don't really know? The GM pick a guy, and like, there's tons of busts, right? Yeah. So like, they say half. I mean, half I mean, of the quarterbacks. It's, it's a coin drafted. flip anyway. You might as well have your quarterback involved. So then, when the quarterback's like, "Oh fuck you guys," because of this, well, you were there with us. Yeah, but and there's accountability both ways that way too. But but I wouldn't give the I wouldn't give the same opportunity to a dude that's like oh I'm, I'm a rookie yeah, oh of he's not. a second of year not. player you know but the like, GM is the GM's drafting and making decisions based on preserving their tenure but because it, a GM a GM only has a couple years to earn a lot of money you're right but that's so, what that's what I mean I don't want to like you don't want to give the I don't credit wanna, to somebody I, I want to make I want and you might have I to want, trade that guy I want the GM if I'm like. If I'm a if I'm a somewhat tenured GM, I want the GM to be like, "Yo, you're accountable with me," and like I want the GM to be like, "Yo, what do you think?" Yeah, I and like I want, want. I want the input. I want the input too. I get it. Um, that's, usually, now that's not something that's like easy to do work in because it's just like yo, GMs and quarterbacks arrive at different times to well, organizations, yeah. you know, yeah. and they they don't always come in hand in hand. You know? We can bridge the gap of like communication and yeah. like relationship that way a little bit, and like you can probably, I mean, if I was a GM. That's what I would do, and you could like avoid. If, you like could avoid I would go what happened in Seattle with it playing out in the media. Like, hey, yeah. I need more offensive linemen. I would immediately I, go I in and be like, "Yo, man, you're my proven leader, and I'm the new GM or or third year GM, whatever. You've been here for nine years. Yeah, come with me. Let's scout together. Let's watch video together a little bit. Yeah, and like, what do you think? What it's, fits to your skills? What fits to your off our offense we're running right now? Sure. And like, I want the head coach there with me. But sometimes and you're like, looking at that person's replacement. You're right, and so it's but not, you, you can't have, you can't be every year. You know what I'm saying? Like whether whether it is the right way to look at it or not, the GM should be thinking of the long term viability of the organization. You should have a viable backup quarterback. So I'm looking at this as if I was a GM to help my, me do a better job. Which just shout out to the Rockies if you need a GM, which coincidentally you do. <laughs> Like I would bring is in Trevor. Indeed? Are, is Indeed a sponsor of ours yet? I, I <laughs> it should be, bro. Is, um, should be. Is, so is the job listing on Indeed? Have you looked? At I, it? They just they just happened today <laughs> or yesterday. I guess yeah, it was. Yeah, well, I think it was yesterday. But. So um, so I haven't looked for that, but I'm definitely gonna like see if I can find <laughs> a little link up there. But as a GM, I mean, the baseball GM is like not the same as the NFL GM for the draft purposes, right? But if I was a GM for the Rockies, hopefully coming soon <laughs> um i would bring in trevor story and be like yo first off please don't leave <laughs> or i'd be like yo man if you want to leave let me trade you now and so and let me get you a stuff. bunch back yeah and then talk to me man yeah, like yeah. let's figure out where do you want to go yeah who has the best farm system yeah. and like let's chat about what i can get back for you and like when you go to interviews also that might go into like some tampering stuff. I don't know about yeah. those rules necessarily. I don't know the details of that. I feel like but basketball is the... better at that stuff than other other sports. But for football, bringing in the quarterback or the, the the leader of the offense, assumably the quarterback, almost every time, right? Or the leader that if you're going to pick a defensive player that year, no, I get it. Like I, I would want to bring in like Ray Lewis. I see the value you know, in doing it, but I also as see, a GM, right? I see the value in doing it, but I also see why. A team it gets very convoluted. Right. A team would do it. It sets a precedent too down the road. Your next quarterback's gonna want that privilege. Your next linebacker. You just have to set the lines when you when you draft a rookie guy and be like, yo, man, in seven years, if you're still here and you win two Super Bowls, then we'll chat. You can have that. You can have Then we have those meetings again. And speaking of when you those rookie quarterbacks, there's like five at the top of this draft. And you figure it would be surprising if three have Good long NFL careers, and the um, question is, yeah, which ones? Because it's 50-50 over the last 10, 15 years. The, I'm assuming there's one real solid one that we probably can say that he's gonna have a at, at least average career at worst. Yeah, and well, there's there's probably two, probably two that'll have a Whoa. good career, right? Good career. We know? can say average at worst for like at least one of them, um, maybe two of them. The odds the odds say that at least two of these guys are gonna. Are, are, aren't going to live up to the hype. Maybe one guy meets Jamarcus Russell's lean guy. So and pretty question, soon he's drinking. I mean, then the that ruins the whole thing. The question is, if how do we set odds on who's going to bust out for like 
Like who's gonna bust out the league for uh, the league first? Fields? I'll take Fields first. Really? I want I want Fields. Fields is the, the is like is the, the favorite to bust out. He's the one I like the most. Why? I just like seeing a tight end play quarterback. I like you, but we've a seen it before though. Braxton Miller, uh, Barrett. Uh, yeah, but we've also, we, but we've, I can put out good but examples. But who? Roethlisberger, Cam Newton. Like, there's a lot of Cam big Newton. quarterbacks. Cam Newton's yeah, a big yeah, dude. but Roethlisberger's huge. We've seen the same guy come saying, from I Ohio like, State in the same system. It's the same kind of size. Yes, Trail Pryor. You're right. Braxton, the same guy. You're right. Same, same physical skills, pretty much. Tim, you're right, but it's a small sample size. It's five guys. <laughs> I mean, it's five guys from the same school, though. But same coaching staff. You know what you're I mean? Really it's, right. it's five guys. But yeah, and we those, can't those, ever go back. 100, and that coaching you know? staff has learned from all those experiences, and that coaching staff has evolved over the years. It's a different I context. Well, I think the coaching staff has has learned from those experiences, but they made the quarterback successful in their system, and they've done very well in college in their system. Uh, so, can can you name a, a Florida quarterback in the last twenty five years that got drafted high that was good? Going back to Danny Werfel, I mean, there's there. I don't like any of the Florida quarterbacks. Florida State fired. too. Yeah, Alabama, Michigan. So you're saying EJ Manuel didn't count as a good career? No, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, I get it. But in the system, they're they're great. Even like Texas too. There's not very many Texas quarterbacks that came out that were like. Whether they were like Vince Young or Colt McCoy or Chris Sims. Like still in the league. Yeah, but he's never had. He drafted twelfth, I think. It I'd was. argue that Vince Young had had a pretty good run. Short term run, run. It, I mean, in it college, was short, but it had a pretty good run even in, in Tennessee. He made the playoffs once, maybe. I think he made the the, the, the I think he made the Pro Bowl twice. Everybody makes the Pro Bowl in the NFL. Though. Well, because like <laughs> the players that are in the playoffs and stuff, you know, yeah. they they bow out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one of the things is like. Is like uh, Agent McC- McC- McCarron. Yeah, he's still in the league too. Is he? I think so. I didn't know that. Uh, even like Notre Dame, Brady Quinn. Yeah. High draft pick. College great. So let's look at it the other way around. Where's quarterback you? Where's the system that's producing quarterbacks that do better than average on you know when you look across? There's them? not one. So, There's just legitimately not one. So if you can't look at a specific school and say, hey, all their quarterbacks are going to do well, how can you look at a specific school and say all I can, your quarterbacks I can, are going to do I well? can name the big-time college football programs that they run. They're historically really good in college football, and they win a lot of games every year, and they have great talent around them. And the college quarterbacks, Ken Dorsey is a good example. Miami is a good example in general. Yeah. Um, Miami, Florida, Florida State, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, um, the argument is not a ton of the high-end quarterbacks in the it's in the college. Big, like, big, the power five schools yeah, don't produce don't really, well. You know, they don't really like make. They a produce great run. linemen, great receivers, great yeah. running backs, yeah. great defensive backs. But you great. want a quarterback who's hungry, who has. I it, want a quarterback from who went to North Dakota State, or I mean, you also, know, uh, but that's a very small sample. Northern size. Illinois, Tulsa, uh, Miami, you know, Ohio. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I mean. Uh, Brady, Michigan, but she he didn't even start. Like, but like, uh, Peyton like, Manning was the only one from Tennessee that I remember that did well. T. Martin didn't do very well in the NFL. No, no. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's been around for 20 years. He went to Harvard. Yeah, see, like, but those smaller school guys are better hits. Yeah. Uh, BYU, Steve Young. Notre huh. Dame is like Joe Montana. Uh, Miami, Ohio, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Peyton, so, Peyton, Tennessee. But there's very— That's kind of an exception, huh? And yeah, and Brady didn't even start very long in Michigan. Yeah, that's true. Drew Stanton, he, but he wasn't the high guy. You know, he wasn't like the big time high draft pick. Guy. Yeah, that's true. You get better success rates for a lower cost, like risk reward thing. Well, that's a kind of a different. That's a financial. Ken Dorsey wasn't even drafted. Won the Heisman. The argument is like when you have Russell Wilson on a rookie contract from the third round, but NC State you can though, afford and then transferred uh, to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Right, but what I'm saying is, when you have that on a rookie contract from the third round, you can afford to put your all your resources on the defensive side. Once yeah. you had to pay, and then once you have had to pay him, then you have a talented quarterback that you, you, you can surround to, with good with good talent. Right, but once you have to pay that quarterback a ton of money, you don't have the resources to have that defense anymore. It happened. The same thing happened with Baltimore. Once they paid. Flacco, they couldn't really afford. And where's Flacco from? The same, well, Delaware, University of Delaware or Delaware State? 
Delaware State. One's an HBCU, and he did not play at that no. one. He went to the not w- the other. It was Delaware State is like not the not. I, what, one of the, I forget now, One's too. an HBCU, but, and one Flacco went to. Like, even like Elway, right? Elway went to UCLA first. And then, and then, tra- then transferred to Stanford. Stanford. Uh, Aikman went to UCLA first also. Then transferred to Oklahoma. Or there's vice a, versa. There's a bunch of guys from Oklahoma, but at the same time, you but, can point out a lot of guys that aren't in the league anymore. But it's a system that we've seen for the last however long, like with those certain coaches, that they succeed all the time, college football-wise. Yeah. But the 2001 Miami team might be the best team ever. Uh, yeah, but... They were they, they were, were all the pros. Best. They were the best because of all the other positions. Yeah, but their quarterback was the worst of their group. Right. Like, Ken Dorsey couldn't throw a deep out route in the NFL. There's no, it's picked off. There's just no way. Yeah. He didn't even draft it, I don't think. But, don't Chris, but Chris Winkie. Um, well, Chris Winkie's a bad example. He was 27. But, but, but you go all the way back there, he was a high draft pick for the Panthers. Right, but, he, you know, he, they knew he was playing two, three years and he was uh, out. And Chris, Chris Ricks, like, since 95-ish, all the way, if you look all the way from Florida, Ohio State, uh, Florida State, Alabama, Notre Dame, um, I mean, Michigan, almost all those schools, the higher-drafted quarterbacks failed. Yeah. LSU, when they were really good, Jamarcus Russell failed. Talented. They used to give a ton of money, and once you're rich, it's hard to get up and work. I agree with that also. But we've seen the same guy from Ohio State, the same kind of athletic guy, physical numbers, bust out a lot of times. Yeah. And a big part of that, a big part of that is like X's and O's, right? Because in college, the difference between college and NFL this is like some nerdy, weird football stuff, kind of. But like in the in college, for Vince Young and for a lot of those players, you you your system is one or one read or two reads and you run. Right. In the NFL, it's four reads in the same time frame and you can't run away. Yeah. So if you can't make that decision fast enough, then you don't then you bust out. Even yeah, Todd Marinovich, the game. man, just he yeah. failed out. Yeah. Superstar failed yeah. out. Bernie Kozar was really good. But not what not what they thought he was going to be. So, why are you so sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to make that jump? Rarely do we see um, every all of the experts say that the guy's a star. All combined, there's no question. Um, the last one we saw like that was Andrew Luck, and before yeah. that was Peyton, and before that was John Elway. Like those are the top four of like that are like consensus. These guys are great, right? And they don't fail on that pick. Yeah. I now the I'm, system matters a lot. Yeah, like, where you end up is all. Like is all David Carr was the same guy a little yeah, bit, but is. he got beat up because there's nobody protecting. Andrew Luck. But Andrew Luck had some really good years. Yeah, said so he also had some really bad injuries. Yeah, he got beat up a lot, and but he was really Burrow, he Burrow's was really really good destroyed though. Destroyed last. Andrew Luck is really really good. We literally just saw Joe Burrow's knee got destroyed. Yeah, the problem that's I mean we've we've talked about this before, but this is the problem with the draft system is that you're putting your most valuable new employees on your absolutely worst franchise. That's why I would take my most valuable employee that's already hired. And have him let me know what he thinks about hiring the next Bible employee for the new year. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you that what you're gonna do when you do that is miss out on hiring that person's replacement. Um, on those years, you they they know. I mean, the NFL players, quarterbacks, they know they're gonna play. I'm just saying, like they know though, right? You can't not know. You can't just be like blind to the whole thing. I get it, but if the guy's in the room, you're not going to draft this position. You have to tell him. You have to be honest with or, with, a, with a guy that's 37. Or you have, have to be like, "Yo, man, who's next for or you?" Or have the conversation outside of the room and don't put let him in the room. I would rather talk to the guy that's 37, be like, "Yo, man, who's most like you? Who's smart like you? Who can you teach better? Who do you want to get along with? And who can you help me progress?" Because why are the 49ers? A, a dynasty for 20 years. It makes years. sense, but it's not, it doesn't work in practice. It's not easy. The veteran yeah, is never yeah, going to yeah, say, I, oh, yeah, I, let me I help agree. you find my replacement. But but the, when the guy's 37, you're like, yo, man, what's the, your retirement time like? The I mean, athlete's like, the last one who's going to accept I know, it. I know, I know, I know. But, like, there has to be some dynamic there. As If I was a great GM, I'd work that out. <laughs> you have to, kind of. Well, hopefully the Rockies see it. You know, man, I man, I will throw all my Dodgers gear away. I will buy purple. I'll wear purple velour suits every damn day. 
That'd be great. I would just jam all the time. I'll be, I'll go serve lemonade and hot dogs in the stadium because I'm having fun doing this. That's great. Also, I'll take substantially less money than most of like other candidates. I'm sure of it. <laughs> well, you, it's what you're worth. <laughs> no, I mean yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not worth dick to them, but I will take. I will concede, and I'll take. No, I won't take a mil. I won't take 500k. Give me like two, and some bonus incentives. I'll work my ass off for you. Some I'll, tickets I'll, for your friends. I'll go get some tickets for my friends. We'll have a suite together. I'll go serve lemonades and hot dogs in the streets. <laughs> I, I'm down with this. You do uh, actually. Of everybody I know, you like rave about the lemonade experience at the baseball game. It's games. amazing, dude. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I want, I'll put fields at like, I don't know, <laughs> minus 200 as a bust. You're killing me. Oh. All right. Well, listen. Let's call this a wrap. And then... Well, it's we'll, not a wrap. We'll come back with the Nebraska Hour. Yeah. And we'll talk about the episode. I like it. I like it. That was another episode of Bet Your Ash. We record Bet Your Ash on the studio level of Capital Cigars, 919 East Colfax Ave, Denver, Colorado, the finest cigar lounge in the universe. And we like to use this opportunity to thank some people. First off, Thank you to Timmy Nebraska for coming through, holding it down when uh, Cornelius is, you know, not able to make it. Also, thank you to Binsky and Tyler and Connor and Corey Collins and, and Casey Earl Flynn and, and, of course, to you for listening. I love your ears. Talk to you later.